Jets Audio Network. This is the JetCast, the official podcast of Newman University Athletics, featuring exclusive interviews with coaches, players, administrators, and more. The JetCast podcast is brought to you by Ascension Via Christi, Big Corner Creative, Donlinger Construction, Dr. Brennan Lucas and Advanced Orthopedic Associates, Eck Agency, Keystone Solid Surfaces, Mel Hambledon Ford, and by Pepsi. to the 103rd edition of the JetCast podcast here on the Newman Jets Audio Network. I am your host, the voice of the Jets, Jackson Schneider, as we get into kind of the late fall stage of the year. It's kind of flown by, but uh, over the last several weeks, we've gotten to know several coaches and student athletes and, and faculty members of the Newman University family, and it's been a ton of fun to, to get to know each of them, but some of our fall season's now coming to a close, and that means that we've got a lot to, to kind of wrap up and, and encapsulate how the years have gone, how their programs are building, and we'll get a lot of great conversation in uh, with all of that coming up uh, in today's show. We'll be joined by head volleyball coach Marisa Compton. We'll also talk into the year with head women's soccer coach Dylan Grunzel. Very, very fun conversation with him. Love catching up with, with all our coaches, but Coach Grunzel always very open uh, about the progress and, and the nature of his program as things continue to build forward with them. Uh, big congratulations as well to women's soccer student-athlete Melani Burke-Bickler, who has been a guest on our show on the JetCast this season. She was named All-MIAA Honorable Mention Earlier today, the league announced all the all-league selections, but a big-time year year for Maylani. It's her second all-league selection as just a sophomore, so big-time stuff for Lonnie to uh, be acknowledged by the MIAA earlier this morning, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about that with Coach Grunzel later on. But we'll also get to catch up with Josh Sheppis, who is the head cross-country coach of your Newman Jets, as both the men and the women had posted some of their best finishes ever at their last meet, the MIAA Championships, and uh, we'll talk about that, plus look ahead to the the NCAA Regionals that they'll be competing at this weekend, and uh, Coach kind of lays it all out for us on where the team's at, how they're running right now, and, and how they're preparing as well uh, for, you know, the biggest meet of, of the season for them. You know, if you want to continue your season, you have to run well at the best times, which is right now, and they feel like, you know, they're running the best they've run all season, and it's the perfect time for that. So we'll get into that with Coach Sheppis as well. Plus, uh, you know, with it being November 1st, I had to sprinkle in some Halloween questions and some other fun holiday little questions in there as well. So hope you enjoy that coming up next here on the JetCast. But uh, I do want to remind you that as this is being released here on uh, on a Wednesday night, as we do most Wednesdays, we've got a lot coming up. Here later this week and into the weekend around campus in athletics, uh, starting with the 
volleyball team. They'll be at home on Thursday night against Missouri Southern State. The first serve of that contest will be at uh, 6 o'clock. So be sure to get out to Fugate as the volleyball team embarks on their final four matches of the season. All four of them at home at uh, Fugate Gymnasium. So want to play in a hard environment, you know, great home field advantage, home court advantage for volleyball. So make sure to pack Fugate for the last few matches again, starting with Thursday night against Missouri Southern. Then Saturday afternoon, they'll play host to Central Missouri. Uh, And then into next week, it's hosting Emporia State and Washburn to finish up the year at home for Coach Compton and the volleyball team. The men's soccer team, they'll be in action tomorrow night on Thursday as well. Seven o'clock kickoff on the road at Rogers State. Very good Rogers State opponent, but an opportunity for for that team to continue performing at a high level and uh, building towards the postseason. Also, uh, women's bowling will be in action this weekend alongside the men's bowling team on the road. And and again, men's and women's cross country will be at the NCAA regionals and wrestling will be competing at the Friends Falcon Invitational at uh, Hartman Arena. So that'll be a very exciting thing, you know, just just down the road uh, to Park City and, and in Hartman Arena, so make sure to go check out the Jets wrestling program in their first competition of the season as well. And then who who would have thunk? You know, we get to this point in the year, and right around the corner, basketball season. Both men's and women's basketball, not this week, but next week, getting ready to start the season, so very excited for that as uh, we get going to really to the beginning of, of the winter sports, wrapping up a lot of the fall sports, but getting into the winter sports. It's an exciting time of year when things kind of cross over and make the schedule a little bit more packed, but uh, certainly a lot of fun uh, to have all of that going at the same time. But... That's just a little rundown of all the things we got going on here around Newman University and Newman Athletics. Let's take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll have our first interview on the JetCast today, episode 103 with Marisa Compton coming up next here on the Newman Jets Audio Network. From the moment you walk through the doors at Ascension Via Christi, you'll hear the sounds of hope, health, and strength. Because Ascension Via Christi is more than just hospitals, ERs, and clinics. Ascension Via Christi teams start by understanding you, your health, and your life to deliver the care that's right for you. Connected to a national network of care and the expertise of a wide range of doctors and specialists. Ascension Via Christi in Wichita. Listening to you, caring for you. Find a doctor online at healthcare.ascension.org. Life. It throws you curves and it knocks you down. But what separates the good from the great is the getting back up. Newman University will always get back up. We are a university of doers, of innovators, of transformers. We inspire as we soar to new heights. We will not be beaten. We will not settle for anything less than the best. We are Newman University. Welcome back to the JetCast here on the Newman Jets Audio Network. Jackson Schneider joined now by head volleyball coach Marisa Compton. And coach, uh, welcome back on. You've, you've been one of our most frequent guests here in the fall semester. Have you gotten tired of me yet? No, not at all. Like I said, we appreciate <laughs> all that you do for our program. So, no, you're not a bother at all. 
See, I, normally when I'm around people a lot, they tell me I'm annoying, but I'm glad that I haven't, <laughs> I guess, overstayed my welcome just yet. And, and like I said, you've been one of our, our favorite guests with all the stuff that you and your team have been up to this season, continuing to improve over the course of the year. And when you know it, we are on the cusp of the final homestand of the season. The last four matches played in the comfort of Fugate Gymnasium. It's kind of been crazy how fast it's all flown by for me. Do, do you feel like this has been a quick year? Yeah, it's been a fast season. I feel like that every year. I feel like it it always gets here fast, and then you blink, and it's November, and you're wrapping things up, and uh, it always seems like it goes too fast. Well, it's it's been a fast one for me, and, and a fun one getting to know you and, and the program that you're building here at Newman, and I know you know, the results haven't been there for, for what you're hoping for and, and for what you're building for the future, but still plenty of signs of progress over the last couple of weeks, especially playing some much better volleyball. But tell me where you feel like this team is right now compared to the start of the year. Yeah, it's been, like you said, there's been a lot of growing pains this year, and we've had, you know, some um, unfortunate injuries throughout the year that, um, not necessarily like overuse injuries or those, just kind of those fluke injuries. And, um, you know, that's created some challenges for us throughout the year. Um, and our conference as a whole, I believe, has gotten better. I was uh, just looking at our conference standings the other day. And in the last few years, making the postseason, you needed like five conference wins. And right now, the team in eighth place already has six conference wins with four games remaining. So, um, I think that just shows that our conference has gotten better from top to bottom. And um, I think we've improved um, as a team. Um, but like I said, we've just had some of those injuries and, and everybody else is also um, getting better. And we play, the fun part about it is we get to play really high level volleyball every time we step on the court. And um, that's the exciting part. Um, and uh, I feel like too, this year has grown a lot as far as, you know, creating the culture that we want for this program and, um, you know, setting the standards for what it's going to take to be successful in this conference. And I feel like we've taken some big steps in, in those aspects of our program. Absolutely. And and I know in, in years like this where you're, you're going through those growing pains and you've got some younger key pieces that are starting to contribute more and more, you, you need some senior leadership, some veteran leadership to kind of show them the way and, like you said, to, to help build and, and push that culture forward. And one of the, the athletes that I've been so just kind of I've just really enjoyed watching her go about her business, whether it's on the court in a match or, or off the court. But Natalie Morales has been so fun to watch and leading the way defensively with over, what, 300 digs now on the season, but just kind of captaining this mm-hmm. team, especially on defense. How have you seen her kind of grow in that leadership role and help to push this program forward this season? Yeah, when I first got here, you know, Natalie, she's always been a a fiery player that's really competitive and, and works hard. And um, over the last year and a half that I've been around her, I feel like she started to mature and figure out how to lead others. And um, I've seen a lot of that growth from the spring to this fall. And so it's been exciting to see that for her and her to, like I said, mature into that leadership role and, and take a part in that and um, do a good job of it. Like I said, I think she's been the one that um, a lot of times would kind of, you know, gather us together her and Mackenzie both do a good job of that and they're two different kind of leaders on the floor but um yeah it's been exciting to see Natalie like I said mature into that leadership role in in her senior year and um you know she's always 
been a good volleyball player and, and done some really good things um, throughout her time here at Newman as far as defensively and stuff. I think this year, too, she's also grown in her serve-receive game, um, and that's something she worked really hard on this spring. Um, but I think my favorite thing has been seeing her grow as that senior leader. Absolutely. And, and doing that, it, you know, along the way, I think there was a stop in Emporia where she had a gash opened up on her chin because she's diving all over the floor and played through some stitches and, and with like a bandage and all that. Just the, the overall toughness to, to not only be a leader like that, to, but to play through, you know, an injury like that. I, I think if I had a gash on my chin at any point, I don't think I'd be broadcasting <laughs> anytime soon. But uh, th- just really cool to see her tough, tough through that and help to continue to lead this team. Yeah, and yeah, she definitely that Emporia match. Like I said, she busted her chin open and needed those stitches later, but we didn't get that till she got back here. And so for her to, you know, sit out the rest of that first set and then come back in, I think that showed a lot of toughness on her part. And um, I think it's it's players like that and toughness like that that we need in this program to help us continue building because we all know the MIAA and how tough the conference is and. Mm-hmm. So to rebuild a program in that environment, like it's going to take kids that have toughness and can can battle through some of the the hard times of rebuilding a program. Now, with the the stretch that's looming here, down the the final few matches of, of the season here, you open it up on Thursday night with Missouri Southern, a team that you again have have seen already this year. But it's kind of been a while. It feels like now almost a month since you saw Missouri Southern in Joplin in in that first matchup. Uh, what stands out to you about Missouri Southern and, and kind of how they're playing right now as compared to maybe the the first time through conference play? Yeah, I think they've, um, you know, struggled a little bit as of late getting some wins, um, but they're still a good team. Um, I think they rely heavily on some of their upperclassmen um, in the front row. And so, you know, if we can do a good job against those hitters and, um you know, manage them well and do, you know, take care of things on our side. I think we, we have an opportunity tomorrow to do something. Absolutely. Now, with with your group, I know, you know, you talked about some of the, the bumps and the bruises that, you know, your team has gone through over the course of the year. Injury-wise, is, is everybody healthy and ready to go at the, at the moment as we get ready for the Lions? Unfortunately not. We had an injury um, on our last road trip. Uh, to one of our outside hitters. And so right now she's out for the foreseeable future. Um, she is, you know, progressing along with her injury um, and doing better than than expected, but um, we'll be down an outside hitter. And so, um, like I said, we just continue to, to hit some of those unfortunate injuries. But, um, you know, we've we've had people step up in that position. And so um, they've just we just hope that they continue to do that as we um, – you know, have these last four home games. Well, that's certainly going to be a challenge. But uh, as you mentioned, you know, this is not the first time you've dealt with some injuries throughout the course of this season. The team has adjusted well through those in the past, and they've adjusted through some other changes as well. You know, we talked about kind of the, the pivot a few weeks ago to now a two-setter system with Avery and McKenzie both uh, taking some some pretty hefty loads to, to lead the offense like that. But uh, what have you seen from your team in, in terms of adjusting through challenges and, and playing through the, you know, the ebbs and flows of a long year? Yeah, that's something that I'm really proud of this group for because, you know, a lot of teams would have folded through the adversity that we faced this season with injuries and just changes. And, and, and there's been a lot. Like when you 
aren't winning, it comes with a lot of adversity. Um, we talk about, you know, when you're winning, everything's good, right? And then when you lose, you're trying to figure out what to fix and what to change. And so some of those flaws of your team can show up. And, um, you know, this team has done a good job of, of not folding through the adversity of the season. And so that's something um, that I have to give this group group credit for and our, our leaders of this team credit for because um, this group hasn't quit on this season and hasn't quit working to get better and they still bring good energy to practice every day and we're still working to compete in every set and every match and so um, you know and the players through through the injuries the people that have been on the sideline they've done a good job of being engaged and prepared you know if somebody does get hurt or something happens to step in and fill a role and I think that everybody across the board that when they've got those opportunities has um, tried to make the most of those. And, and that's all that we can ask of our players is that you're prepared. And when you get that opportunity, you work to make the most of it. Now I wanted to, to go back and uh, apologies, cause I meant to, to mention this earlier in the interview, but you're coming off of a road trip where you went to Hayes and then to Carney to face off with two teams that are really tough to beat on their home floors, but you played so mm-hmm. well in that match at Hayes and you were right in every set and it, that, that third one went a little longer than it typically does as you, you fall in the third set 24, 26. But I mean, d- just, Looking back at that road trip, what's maybe the biggest positive you take out of it? You know, having played so well in those matches where it's just really tough to win in those road environments. Yeah, I think our blocking really stood out um, in both those matches. Hayes, I think we had, oh, don't quote me for sure. I think we had 10 blocks, but like that was something that factored into that match and and helped us defensively and helped keep us in those matches. And then um, on Saturday against a really good Carney team, um, we outblocked them as well. So that was um, something that that stood out to me and was a a positive for this weekend is I feel like we're we're getting back in the groove and doing some really good things um, blocking wise. Um, You know, we were tied for second in in the conference last year for blocks. Um, per set and so it's nice to see that kind of come back and and us doing a good job at the net absolutely it's going to help a lot of things to you know not only own that that net and help things defensively but it's a big momentum thing and you and I've talked a lot about the ebbs and flows Mm -hmm. in momentum every match with volleyball being such a momentum sport and everything but looking forward to to how that will grow this week and the challenges that are ahead but specifically for this Missouri Southern match coach what's maybe the biggest key you want your team to focus on that'll put you in the best position to be successful? Um, I think a big thing, and it's been a big a big focus for us lately, is earning our points as well as, like, limiting the amount that we're giving them. Um, can we, you know, give up seven or eight but work to earn 18 of our 25 points? Um, and so that's going to come part from the things we've talked I've talked about with you all year is can we serve aggressive um, to help our defense and and um, help us be in system offensively and then can we serve receive pass well so that again we're in system and and putting pressure on their defense and and being able to score those those points that we talked about awesome well coach before i let you go i have some fun questions because it's we're recording (laughs) this on november 1st which means last night was halloween and i know you've got a little little one at home and i know halloween is exciting especially for the younger ones but what was parker's costume for halloween and tell, tell us a little bit about how how that holiday went with you and your family yeah, uh, she was she was a little witch for Halloween. Um, we came about that way. We were looking around Target, and there was a little witch's broom, and she hopped on and was flying her broom around Target. <laughs> so that's how we landed on that. Um, 
And yesterday was a fun day. It's always a fun day with the team. Um, we had a, a costume practice for Halloween and, um, you know, got to have some fun. And we just played um, a little bit of triples tournament and stuff. So the, the team always has fun with that day. Um, and I'm glad our schedule worked out that we could have a day um, that we could just enjoy playing volleyball and, and get to have a little fun. And Parker came up towards the end of practice um, and brought the girls candy and um, was dressed up in her costume too. So uh, it was a fun day. Then the girls came over later that evening and uh, we had some pizza and they watched a scary movie and we took uh, Parker to a couple trunk or treats and she had a good time. She didn't say a word. Most of the time we were <laughs> trick or treating, but uh, we practiced trick or treat and thank you a lot, but uh, she's definitely shy. So we, we did a lot of the talking for her, but she definitely, uh, she likes her candy. So she was definitely excited about the candy. And uh, I'm pretty sure if I would have let her, she would have ate every piece possible I, last night, but <laughs> we cut her off eventually. I'm, I'm right there with you. We, we didn't get a single trick or treater and I can't get over it, but I bought two huge bags of candies and, and I'm a big, Kit Kat fan, so I bought a big bag of yep. Kit Kats, and wouldn't you know it, nobody comes, so I end up eating almost half the bag last night, and I had to be <laughs> kind of cut off from that, but it's, a, it's just the best part of Halloween is the leftover candy, but uh, one other thing <laughs> is I, I have a friend who's very much into Christmas music, and as soon as November 1 comes on the calendar, they start listening to Christmas music non-stop so I have to know where you stand coach on the Christmas music are you awake till December or are you a year-round kind of Christmas music person because I know there's a lot of different styles where where do you fall in the Christmas music side of things I'm a I like Thanksgiving so I usually like at least make it till after Thanksgiving and once Thanksgiving's over now it can be Christmas time but I don't like I don't like to skip over Thanksgiving so give me till at least Thanksgiving and then it can be all Christmas from there so uh, my birthday is right after Christmas, too. So uh, I like the Christmas always. It's one of my favorite seasons. But uh, Christmas music, you can wait till after Thanksgiving. <laughs> I like it. That's a good answer. That's usually where I am. And I, I don't know when your birthday yep. is yet. I don't I don't think I've gotten asked that. Mine's right before Christmas. So we're, we're right in that same neighborhood, I think. But uh, definitely agree with you there, Coach. But thank you so much for the time today, for catching up with us over the phone. I look forward to getting down there in person with you for the match tomorrow night against Missouri Southern. But, again, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you, and I'm, I'm looking forward to four more home games. Absolutely. It will be a ton of fun Thursday night against Missouri Southern, Saturday night against Central Missouri, and a whole another week next week as well to catch your Jets in action on the volleyball court. But uh, for Coach Compton, I'm Jackson Schneider. We'll take another quick time out here on the JetCast and be back right after this. Don Linger Construction is currently hiring qualified CDLA truck drivers, heavy equipment operators, and heavy civil concrete carpenters for projects in and around the Wichita metro area. Don Linger Construction is employee-owned and offers competitive weekly pay and benefits. Quick start your new career and apply online at donlinger.biz. That's D-O-N-D-L-I-N-G-E-R dot B-I-Z. Don Linger Construction is an EEO-compliant employer. Veterans, women, and minorities encouraged to apply. Hi, this is Marisa Compton, head coach of Newman Jets Volleyball. Show your support for the Navy in Red by grabbing your officially licensed Newman Jets apparel at anyjetsgear.com. Your purchase directly supports Newman student-athletes. Choose from a wide variety of styles and colors featuring NU's official logos. 
Show your jet pride at Fugate Gymnasium, McCarthy Field, and all over Wichita with Newman Jets Apparel from NUJetsGear.com. That's NUJetsGear.com. Welcome back into the JetCast here on the Newman Jets Audio Network. Jackson Schneider joined now by head women's soccer coach Dylan Gruntzel. And coach, uh, I want to start off with the the brand new, hot off the presses breaking news here. Uh, You have an all-conference honoree in Melani Burke-Bickler, who you were lucky enough to to bring in to join us actually in a couple shows ago, uh, who, who was your leader in goals and, and total points this season. But earlier this morning, she gets acknowledged by, by the conference for her performance this year. So why don't we start off with that? How, how cool is that to see one of your players recognized by the league? Uh, yeah, it's always it's always nice, especially when you don't have, you know, a lot of wins. Um, you know, you have a tough year just – from a win-loss standpoint, uh, it's nice to see players getting recognized. And obviously, you know, Lonnie was our leading goal scorer this year. She did a lot of good things for us on the field, um, you know, and she's she's definitely helped us in starting to to build the foundation of what we're trying to grow, not only from her freshman year. I mean, she was an all-conference kid last year as well. Um, so to get it two years in a row, that's, that's always going to be hard. It's always going to be tough. So uh, proud of her efforts and her teammates around her for, you know, helping her achieve that goal. And, you know, her being a sophomore, it's excited to – to have her back for another two years and help us continue to grow the program as as that's what we're trying to make our goal is to to keep you know taking steps forward every year. Absolutely, and I know, like you mentioned, the the wins and losses might not have been there this season, but you're building things, and I know there were tangible points of progress for this group over the course of the season. So I did want to talk about that with you from, from your perspective, what was maybe some of the biggest steps forward that your team took this season now through two years with you at the helm? Um, I think, you know, obviously we had, we won more games, right. And it wasn't a, a massive dif- difference in wins. Uh, um, obviously that's always a step forward. Um, the, the other piece is, you know, we started competing a little bit more with some of the top teams in the conference, you know, like, UCM is usually a, a top 10 team in the country. You know, last year they beat us, I think, 5-0. Uh, this year, right, it was, I think it was 2-0. Um, so it's just, you know, we're slowly closing these gaps. And there's some games where, you know, we wanted better results or, you know, we tried to play some more players when they, maybe the game was already out of hand. Um, and those results, you know, obviously were there. But I, you can see us starting to close the gap on certain teams. Emporia, same thing. They beat us 5 or 6-0 last year. This game, this year it was 4-2. Um, so like those little things, uh, you know, they matter, um, for our players, not thinking that, you know, we're defeated before we get there, but it, it always gave us a fighting chance to get back into the game. Um, like I said, it's, it's a good group of players that, you know, continue to, will help us grow as a, as a program, you know, on the field and off the field. And, and, you know, we had a good group of seniors that's graduating and, and obviously it probably didn't end how they wanted it to. Um, but I, you know, as I've tried to tell them is like, you've laid this foundation and, and hopefully you'll reap the benefits of it and you'll see the benefits of what you did in your last years. Um, that'll help us two, three years from now. That's always the goal. So like I said, I, I've, I've been happy with that. I'm happy with the group. The chemistry has always been really good with our group. Like I love our culture. Uh, they're just a, a good group of kids, a good group of people to be around. Um, and that's just, that's makes the job so much fun is when you enjoy being around the players uh, in your program. Um, that's what the job's about. 
Absolutely. Now, you, you mentioned the, the senior class, and there's a, a good group of them that will be on their way out now after the conclusion of this year. But but you mentioned, you know, kind of laying that foundation and and helping to push things forward, you know, just to, with their efforts. And, and I'm curious, kind of, if you had to encapsulate this senior class and the impact that they've had on your program and the culture that you, you just touched on a moment ago as well, what was maybe the the lasting impact of this year's senior class that they'll leave behind as your program continues to build forward? Um, helping with the, the transition of it all. Um, I think when you go from a different coach, uh, you, when you change coaches, right? Some of them, you know, had the previous coach when you're coming out of the pandemic, which was a really hard time for a lot of people mm-hmm. um, that can be, I think, tough to come out of as, as a soccer player and as a person in general. And so for them to help us really transition the culture um, and help us get out of that, that phase of the pandemic where, you know, we're so uh, involved of being behind the screen because we had to. Um, And now you're able to do more things in person. You're able to hang out as a team more. You're able to practice more. You're able to do a lot more things. They really bought into all that. Um, and help us transform that culture to where, you know, everybody wants to be around each other. We don't want to just connect through text message or through Zoom, um, things like that. Um, now we're doing things in person more. Now we're doing things as a team. You know, th- those things matter. Um, and I think it helps to develop the overall person the more you can interact with others around you. Absolutely. Now, w- with building the culture, you know, like that's not always an easy thing to do, especially you know recruiting wise, because you don't always know if personalities will mesh. But how how do you kind of go about building a program that's going to be in the kind of the image of that culture where you know everybody wants to be around each other and you know not just in practice or in matches and the the chemistry's there on the field, but like when you've got a group that wants to be around each other, what do you look for in athletes? and individuals that that kind of fit what you're looking to build here? I think it comes down to when you're going through the recruiting process of just just getting to know the person. Um, like that's something that's always been really, really important to me is um, what, what kind of person are we bringing into our program? Uh, because if they, they don't fit the culture of what we're trying to build and what that is, then I don't know if they'll ever be the player that we want. Um, I think that's what is important. So whenever we're going through the recruiting process, right, our 24 class, which is major- which is mostly done, like they're all excellent, excellent people um, that will go with the excellent people we already have here. And so that's what I'm what I'm always looking for is we want them to be a part of that. And we ask our players, like, what did you think of this player when they came and visited? Did you like them? Did you not like them? You know, what were some goods and bads, things like that? Because we want our players to have ownership and understand uh, that they're just as part of the recruiting process of me going out and watching players or me recruiting the player. We want them to be involved just as much as as, as I am. So that's what matters to me. Again, we're joined by head women's soccer coach Dylan Grunsel and coach. Uh, although the the season ha- has kind of just come to a close, I know it's kind of tough to to look so far ahead, but. I think that that's what a lot of people want to do is look ahead with this group and kind of see what, what the vision is for the off season and, and moving forward with, with your group. So what's maybe going to be the biggest focus for those that you do have on campus already? Uh, what are you looking to to build and improve on over the off season? Um, I think it's just, you know, there's, there's two big things we try to focus on. Uh, one is, 
is making them from a strength and conditioning point, right? Bigger, faster, stronger, um, right? Can we be a little bit more athletic with our current group of players? And, you know, Kieran does an excellent job with them in strength and conditioning. He's awesome. He's, he's fun to work with. Uh, we have a really good relationship. So that'll be the number, the first goal. And then the second goal is, is making them better soccer players, right? Making them more comfortable with the ball, uh, making them more technical um, so we really try to have an emphasis on just developing the individual player in the spring and just trying to grow our overall talent level athletically and from a soccer standpoint, just grow that a little bit because, you know, we can, that's, I think when you're in that spring, like, yeah, you, you have about three or four months with them and we're going to just try to push them and get them a little bit better and help them grow just a little bit. And that'll hopefully make our team a little bit better next year. And we just continue to build from there. Now, also, Coach, uh, there, there's been some improvements to the facility as well. There was the new press box addition during this season, and there's also a push right now from the Newman Athletics Department and, and their advancement uh, to potentially turf the field and, and kind of make some some improvements to the facilities with your program and, and other programs, obviously, within the athletics department. I'm curious, kind of your thoughts to, to kind of see that all coming together and, and what's being built there uh, to, to not only further you and your team, but the overall student athlete experience here at Newman. Yeah, I mean the the press box was great. Like, I mean the old one, man. I I don't know how it stood up that long, honestly. <laughs> um, so it's great to have a new one. I know Zach appreciates it a lot. It's warm. It's got a sturdy floor. Like those things, those things matter, and especially when you're recruiting. Like newer things, things have a fresh coat of paint on them. Like those things matter. You know, it's and so it's cool to have that. Um, you know, hopefully the turf is sooner than later. You, you just never know, right? You gotta, you know, you gotta go through that process and with construction and, and schools like that process always a little bit longer. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for when that comes, whether it's fall 24 or fall 25 or 26, like I'll just be happy when it's here. Um, even if it doesn't come in the fall, it's, you know, they're still going to put some money and we're going to invest some money into the field to make it better this year. Just you know, had a bad winter in winter 22. Um, and so the field just didn't take how it normally does. And so it just wasn't the best, um, the best surface to play on this fall. Um, but I know we've, you know, we've talked, we're going to invest some money into that into the spring and it'll be better, at least from a grass field standpoint. And then when the turf comes, then we'll have that. Um, you know, we've also added some stuff where we've moved our offices. We've added locker rooms for the girls, um, they'll have a team hangout room, a film room. So all that stuff's going to kind of, you know, come into things that will be good for not only our current players, but our future players as well, knowing that you have something you can call your own. Um, so that's been something that is kind of will be our priority is finalizing those things and getting those things built uh, through the winter. And that way our team can come back and, and, you know, see all that and have that stuff to use. They have a team room, they'll have couches and they can literally take a nap in there. They can study, they can watch TV like that stuff will just be a good experience for them and it enhances uh, the overall student experience and the student athlete experience for them, which I think is, is always going to be a big thing for your players. They need that. And obviously the field when it'll get better going into next year and that stuff will also increase their experience, which that's ultimately it comes down to is they have to have a good experience while they're here, whether they're playing a ton, playing very little, developing, whatever it may be. We want them to have a great experience here at Newman. Again, Dylan Grunzel is our guest here on the JetCast, head women's soccer coach at Newman University. And, and coach, uh, through two years now at the helm uh, of the women's soccer program here at NU, I'm curious, 
as you kind of self-reflect a little bit, not only on on what the the program and the on-field product needs to improve on and, and continue growing for, but your journey as a coach, like through two years, I'm sure this second year is a little more comfortable, a little bit, uh, you know, things going a little bit more smoothly as, as you kind of get settled for that second season. But looking back now at, at two years, what's maybe the area that you personally have felt your growth as a coach the most? Um, <clears throat> I think it's understanding the, the harder times that people go through. Um, like we had a very emotional year as a group. Uh, um, and there were, you learn a lot about people when you go through hard times. Um, you also learn how to talk with people, um, when they're going through hard times, whether that's, you know, on the field wins and losses, you know, a loss of a loved one classes, things like that. And, and so that was something that I learned a lot this year is you know, how do you help players go through those processes? Uh, um, because everybody's different. Um, you know, one player will, you know, we'll deal with the situation differently than another. Um, so that's something I learned a lot this year was it's not so much about the on the field, the coaching piece. It's how do you deal with different types of people? Cause we're all, we're all raised differently. We're all come from different backgrounds. Um, we're all taught to deal with situations differently. And then our personalities lead us in different directions with that as well. Um, and so that was the biggest thing I learned is that you have to, you have to understand the people that you're talking with. You can't just assume that they deal with it the same way you do because they don't. Um, that was a, a a very big growth for me this year that I was very – it was unfortunate we had to go through so much, but I was very happy that we did because it helped me grow as a coach. It helped our players grow as people. Um, it ultimately helped us grow as a program. Well, Coach, before I let you go here, I've got some kind of fun holiday questions because I had tweeted, you know, I bought a bunch of candy and I was ready for all the trick-or-treaters, but we hadn't gotten it yet in, in the neighborhood that I live in. And you had said you were already almost out of candy. So was it a busy night at the Grunzel residence? Did you get a lot of trick-or-treaters? <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, you know, we, I think, you know, obviously we're, we're in a pretty uh, a good neighborhood for trick-or-treating. A lot of people decorate um, I have some kids that coach that, you know, in my club live in the area. So like one of them came by and he was always asking for extras. So, um, yeah, it was a good time. I enjoyed it. You know, it's always cool to be the costume. I think I saw the, the actress or the show Wednesday. I saw that one multiple times. Um, the one I had was a balloon doll. I saw somebody came in the like the balloon horse you see that people make at, at, um, at fairs and stuff like that. That one was probably my favorite because I've never seen that before, but yeah, it was, it was a, it was a good experience. It was fun to see them. And I have three dogs and one of them was a, uh, one of them was a taco and one of them was like a dinosaur. And so they were also trying to get out there and get the kids and get the candy. So it was a, it was quite the experience last night. Absolutely. Sounds like it. Now, as a kid, everybody has like that, that favorite costume growing up. Is there one that you think back and like have the most fond memories of a, of a great Halloween costume as a kid? Ninja Turtle. Ninja Turtle? <laughs> I like it. Every day you can be a Ninja Turtle. You that, gotta, that's a good one. You just got to change the mask. It's a different one. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Now the last one, skipping ahead in holidays a little bit here. I have a friend who as soon as the calendar hits November, they are Christmas music listeners. I I am of the belief it's a little too early for that, but I'll pose the question to you. When is too early to start listening to the Christmas music? 
<laughs> Man, uh, I'm not a big Christmas music fan, so I, I would say December is probably your month where you should <laughs> listen to it. But I know some people pop it on right now, and I'm like, that's way too early. Like, I can't listen to Christmas music for two months. But here I am the other day, I was like, I think my wife and I were going to the store or something like that. And I'm like singing and humming a Christmas song. And she's just like, what are you doing? So <laughs> December is my goal, but I guess sometimes they pop up and you just catch a tune and you go from there. I like it. That's a good answer. I'm, I'm more of a December type person myself, but sometimes it's just like infectious, you know, you can't avoid it, but Coach, thank you so much for the time today. Always appreciate catching up with you and, and looking forward to the things that you're building with your program. But again, thank you so much for joining us on the JetCast. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Hi, friends. Phil Nightingale, General Manager of Mel Hamilton Ford. I would like to tell you about our new tool, Virtual Express. Mel Hamilton Ford has added this tool for you, our customers. Virtual Express will allow you to do some or all of your car buying process right from your computer. Do as much or as little as you want. It's all up to you. Do you want to fill out some of your information to save time or do the whole buying process online? You make the choice. You can take delivery of your new or pre-owned vehicle right from your home. Mel Hamilton Ford, experience the difference. Experience the difference online at mhford.com. The Newman Jets are now full members of the MIAA. Now, we need your full support. Help the Jets soar by joining the Aviator Club, Newman's premier level of athletic support. Your assistance directly impacts student-athletes and can be designated for facilities, uniforms, media coverage, or your favorite team. Receive exclusive benefits and support the Navy in Red at newmanjets.com slash aviatorclub. That's newmanjets.com slash aviatorclub. Or call 316-942-4291 and ask for athletics. And welcome back to the JetCast here on the Newman Jets Audio Network. Jackson Schneider joined now by the head cross-country coach of your Newman Jets, Coach Josh Shepis. His coach and his teams get ready for the NCAA Regionals this weekend. Coach, uh, I just want to say thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us today and catch up with you and your team. We, we really appreciate the time. Yeah, I'm glad to let people know uh, how our team's doing. Yeah, some some great things going on right now as you guys continue to build in the right direction as uh, your teams had one of their best finishes ever in the MIAA championships not all that long ago as the women finished ninth, which is their best finish since joining the MIAA, and the men also finished in the top ten for the first time in the MIAA era of Newman Athletics. So some big steps forward for your teams and and clearly some positive momentum. Yeah, for sure. You know, with, with any team, whether it be cross country or wrestling or basketball, you, you set, you know, goals, both individual and, and team. And that was definitely one of our team goals was to finish in the top 10 for both. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just good when you can accomplish those goals. It sees proves, you know, the, the system that you're using and what you're doing is being successful and, and helps with buy-in for sure with the, with the kids. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you had some, some great individual performances as well. Patricia Limo uh, with a ninth place finish, which is the first now all-conference runner since joining the MIAA as well and, and really kind of led the charge for your ladies. And, and I, I just want to start there. I mean, when you have individuals that are breaking through and making finishes like that, and we can say things like that's the first all-conference runner in the MIAA era, That that's like a building block in, in my eyes. And I'm sure that helps to drive the rest of the group and wanting to accomplish similar things. Yeah. Um, that was definitely one of her goals as well this year. And, uh, for us was to be an all conference runner and, 
is as weird as it sounds, we both agree that she could have done a little better. She uh, she went out and led the race the first 1500 meters probably, which I think was a little bit too fast and kind of caught up to her in the fourth K and the fifth K of the race. But, um, you know, we think that she could have been fourth or fifth. So moving into regionals, we've kind of adjusted our goals and, and um, you know, trying to be in that top five from our, from our conference at the regional meet because the same teams will go. But anytime you can do a first for your program, uh, it's going to be a huge boost to you, not only in recruiting, uh, but in morale and just in overall, you know, atmosphere of the team. So, um, you know, that marks the sixth consecutive meet that Newman has done something they've never done before, uh, dating back to last year's uh, regional championship with the men where they set a record for the fastest 10K team average, moving into uh, the first meet at the JK meet um, where we set a a record for the men's 6K, and then the second meet an 8K record, the third meet an 8K record. Then the fourth meet, we had a a women's team record for the 5K, so that that's just the the sixth meet in a row where our program has done something that they've never done before, and I might point out that it's I believe it's Newman's first ever female MIAA all conference runner. We've had a male, I believe, on the baseball side, but it's the first time we've had a female first team all conference in yeah. the MIAA era. It I think she becomes our 96th overall all conference runner for cross country, but becomes the first since we've joined the MIAA. Well, that's still an amazing accomplishment. And like you said, it helps feed a lot of things from the morale to the recruiting and, and everything forward. But especially for, for Patricia, I mean, with big goals in front of her still for regionals, I'm sure that's a big motivator saying, hey, you know, I, I did this, but even feeling like I could have done better, there's got to be some bigger goals ahead. So how do you approach that, that regional meet and the things that might be in front of her as well as the rest of the team? You know, it becomes a little tactical in the standpoint of we're kind of watching other conferences. We've seen, you know, other girls, other times and other other conferences kind of comparing those up. And we know that Union uh, from up north um, and that Northern Sun League, they're, they're going to have some really good, good runners. Um, so we're just we're just kind of trying to draw on that and and see that as our goal and. Uh, she she broke the school record on this same course last year at this same meet. So uh, we know that she can run fast on this course. Um, we know that her training is is really good right now, as with with all the kids. Um, we had Lucy Brown and Nayeli Rosales also ran uh, personal best times uh, last meet at the at the conference championship. So we feel like we're kind of running our our best races right now, and it's kind of the perfect time of the year to do that. Oh, certainly. As again, we're joined by head cross country coach Josh Sheppis getting ready for the NCAA regionals this upcoming weekend in Joplin, Missouri. And coach, let's let's flip over and talk to talk about the men's side right now. You had a couple of other great runners as well in the men's side as Reagan Longy finished 45th in the 8K, Asher Brown not that far behind in 58th. But again, it was the a top 10 finish for the men at the MIAA championships, which is the first time the men have accomplished something like that. But how have you seen the team, you know, continue to build and progress into accomplishing something like that? And, and kind of what goes into to getting them to be running, you know, like you said, their, their best races at the right time? Yeah, I think all you need to know about that is the men did something for the first time ever, placing in the top 10, and they were extremely disappointed. We did not run our best races. Um, the course was one that we were kind of unfamiliar with. We'd never run on it before. So that played a little into it. 
sometimes you just don't have race as a cross country runner. You just don't have it that day. And, and that, that time is uh, no different for us um, than any team, you know, there's just bad games, bad runs, bad days. And for the men, we're, we're just trying to turn the page. That's what we're focusing on is uh, we didn't, we didn't run the times that we wanted to. We were all probably 30, 45 seconds off where we wanted to be. Um, but we know we've been running well. We ran well down in Dallas at the DBU meet. Uh, we ran well here at the Missouri Southern course last year for the NCAA regionals. Um, and we, like I said, we've been breaking records and setting, setting records, uh, doing first times for everything along the way. We just had one little setback for the men. And that's kind of been our, our message this week is just, you know, turn the page. There's some basketball films and football films you just can't go back and look at because it was just overall top to bottom, just a struggle from the, from the gun. Um, but we're confident that we can move on from that and, and run better. And we're excited to, to prove that. Now, Coach, for those of us that might not be as familiar with the format or how, you know, cross-country works, as you head into the regional meet here this weekend, what does your team and each individual need to do to qualify for, you know, nationals and to continue their season? So our regional, in my opinion, is probably the second toughest regional in America. It's the central region. It's uh, three different conferences. Uh, combined for about 35 teams. So there'll be 35, 37 teams represented. The top three teams that will qualify for the national championship. Um, and then after that, they will they will select um, five to ten additional teams depending upon the rankings going into it. So there is an at-large process for teams. And then individuals, the, the top five people in the race will get to go on unless those five are on teams that qualify and then they'll take the next two individuals. And then like the team selection, there is an at-large selection. So uh, there's a chance that, uh, you know, we could we could run well and just place out of uh, individual qualification but still have a chance to get an at-large bid. Um, but, you know, those are things that we talk about we can't really control. Um, we can't control whether we're selected or not. All we can control is, you know, putting our best foot forward and, and trying to put together a good race, run a good time, and, and place, in that, place in the top ten. Again, we're joined by head cross-country coach Josh Sheppis here on the JetCast. And, Coach, as you head into this, this regional meet now, how do you approach the, the training aspect, and, and how do you build your team up to be you know, prepared at, at, at its best to run you know, their best race and, and put that best foot forward? Well, we're definitely tapering. You, you talk about having a peak performance there's about a three-week window in our training and so we started that the week before conference and then moved it through so this last monday we had one final long run of the year where the guys and gals are going you know a longer slower distance and kind of pushing it on the way on the way back the second half and then yesterday we had kind of our fun halloween costume deal if you haven't seen that for sure check that out on our Instagram and our Twitter pages, we had some really good costumes and the kids ran around downtown doing a scavenger hunt. So it was kind of a low key day. Today will be our last real uh, tune up practice. We're doing a little fart lick at, at the park where they'll, you know, take off and run, run hard for just a couple minutes and then rest and a couple more minutes, just kind of small, short spurts um, along there at College Hill, trying to, trying to get our leg turnover good and just trying to get our, uh, um, our oxygen level, our anaerobic, just for a little bit. And then Thursday will be a very super easy day on their own. And then Friday we'll travel, see the course, run a few miles on the course, 
to familiarize ourselves with it and then uh, race Saturday morning. So uh, kind of the, the tapering at the end of the season helps to make your legs fresh and feel ready, and, and I feel like we're, we're right there. Awesome. Well, Coach, you, you touched on the uh, fun with the team for Halloween, but I have to ask, I mean, you, you've got a, a, about, what, five, five kids, if that's correct? I, um, I want to say that's what it is, but, I mean, with a family like that, I mean, Halloween has to be a blast, right? Tell, tell me some of your favorite memories with you and your family during Halloween. Well, right now, all my kids are grown, but they have, I have eight grandkids, so you're <laughs> right. It, it was fun yesterday to after practice was over went home and put on a heavy coat because it was a little chilly, and then uh, we made the rounds to the grandkids' house and, and to see them all because it's kind of tough for them to all come to us. So we grab big candy bars and take it out to all of them and, and look at our grandkids' uh, costumes because they're not going to be young forever, so I'm just glad we got to go out and, and see them right before they headed out to trick-or-treat. So that was fun. Absolutely. That sounds like a blast. But coach, uh, I know you got to go because you're a busy guy getting ready for regionals. But I do want to say thank you again for taking the time to catch up with us and and fill us in on all things Newman Jets cross country and want to say best of luck this weekend as well. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Josh Sheppis, head cross country coach of your Newman Jets here on the JetCast. We'll take a quick break and be back with more right after this. From the moment you walk through the doors at Ascension Via Christi, you'll hear the sounds of hope, health, and strength. Because Ascension Via Christi is more than just hospitals, ERs, and clinics. Ascension Via Christi teams start by understanding you, your health, and your life to deliver the care that's right for you. Connected to a national network of care and the expertise of a wide range of doctors and specialists. Ascension Via Christi in Wichita. Listening to you, caring for you. Find a doctor online at healthcare.ascension.org. Jackson Schneider here with the JetCast, putting a bow on the 103rd episode of the JetCast podcast. Thanks again to Marisa Compton, Dylan Grunsel, and Josh Sheppis for joining us on the show this week to talk about all the great things going on with each of their programs and, you know, highlight the, the wonderful things going on here at Newman University and especially Newman University Athletics. I had a blast putting together this episode and love catching up with all of our coaches. But a very fun episode this week and lots to look forward to heading into next week as well. Like I said, we are right around the corner from basketball season, so we're going to get ready uh, with Coach Amy Briggs next week alongside uh, R.J. Allen, the men's basketball coach. So lots to look forward to in the week to come. Uh, but uh, as always, if you missed anything on you know last week's show or or any of the shows previous, just go to newmanjets.com slash podcasts. Everything is archived there for you and collected in an organized fashion. So you can find whatever you're looking for uh, in past interviews and past episodes. So be sure to go check that out. Again, search newmanjets.com slash podcasts and again be sure to download the new newman jets athletics app it's got the the new logo it's red it's got all the schedules all the information news stories live stats live broadcasts all of it is right there in one organized place for you the brand new newman jets app available on both uh, google play and in the app store on apple But that is just about going to wrap things up on our show here today. Again, big thank yous to Dylan Grunsel, Marisa Compton, and Josh Sheppis for joining our show here on the JetCast today. Uh, But uh, until next time, again, be sure to 
Go to newmanjets.com slash podcast to keep up on everything you missed. We'll be back next week on Wednesday for episode 104 here on the Newman Jets Audio Network. Signing off, I'm Jackson Schneider.